Here's the thing. I'm always relieved when you go to start the episode and the program doesn't work because that means good because I had nothing to say. But I just sit there and be relieved instead of actually solving the problem when the episode actually starts. Isn't that incredible? Good work. It sure is. How are you today? Um, it's, You're pressing the ghost button. I am. Is it still not working? No. No? It's been a whole day. Okay, I'll just wait here again. Why not it's recording? Oh. The button just doesn't work because the cat ate the key off it. Speaking of cats, ladies of future boys, I welcome you to the School for Wayward Nerds, the only podcast with nine lives. Um, that was interesting that I wrote that, turns out. My name is Toby DePollet, and this week I wanted something butch. You know, we need some manly stuff. Yeah. We covered children's anime with four kids, then we spent a couple weeks with the sensual witch herself, Bayonetta. Maybe all the WWE has been getting to me because I just want need to spend a week with a real man's man. So this week we are covering Ted Grant, the Wildcat. Ring. Joining me in the in the ring is producer Kyle. Hi here. What do you know about the big tomcat, Ted Grant? He he got big jowls. He got big floppy jowls on his his face, and he trains with Black Canary. Mm-hmm. And he's in that really good show. <laughs> Thumbs up. That's Thumbs up I, from the peanut gallery. That's what I know. Mm-hmm. The journey begins. He's older than I thought he'd be. Oh, yeah? Yeah. What year would you place him as a character? Mm. Without, like, Googling or fact-checking oh, or... Story. Um, 40s. Yeah, 42. Look at me go! The journey begins in 1942. Not a great time in history. Normally I would bring up like Casablanca or Bambi, but World War II seemed really important at the time. In January, of the first vault issue of Sensation Comics hit the shelves. Is it working or not? You need to pick one. It is. This is a cat. She just likes doors at the moment. Will you close the door so she doesn't see what's behind the door? Edit the cat out. But I will. Okay. Alright, so... January, the first issue of Sensation Comics comes out, okay? It was an anthology kind of comic, as they used to do sometimes. Actually, that's what Action Comics is now. Hmm. Yeah, so we're doing some of that. Um, It had lots of little adventures, but it is mostly known for being when Wonder Woman came to man's world, but, you know, that's the... It was was mostly Wonder Woman and Friends, honestly. If I can describe it in any way. Um, We love Hero and Friends. Yeah. This first issue also featured stories with Black Pirates. An unrecognisable Mr. Terrific, who used to be white apparently, and in a silly outfit. Strange. Remember him? He has the tea on his face. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, The gay ghost. Yes, that was a character. Um, Little boy blue and the blue boys. But it finished with the first appearance of Wildcat. Mm. Probably the best named out of the bunch. Yeah, like little boy blue and his blue boys? No. You know, that's fair enough. This segment was written by Bill Finger and drawn by Erwin Hayson. Bill Finger, we all know, is the guy who created everything about Batman, aside from his name. Lovely. Uh-huh. So we, we know him, but I didn't know who Erwin Hassan was. All right, so his first job after art school was a boxing cartoonist. You know how in courtrooms they have the dude who does, like, the, the sketch? Caricature. They used to have that for boxing because photographs were too blurry and shit quality in those days. Makes sense. Isn't that weird that that was a job once? 
There's a lot of weird jobs out there. Mm-hmm. And eventually, at some point, people will think our jobs were weird. Yeah. So, after he did that for a while, he joined the comics industry proper in 1940 and did work with the Green Hornet, the Fox, Catman, and the Flash. He created Wildcat and then went on to the wall. Hmm. Off he went. After that, he did a little more comic stuff before moving into newspaper comic strips with a little war orphan named Dondi. Um, there's a little brief history before we go into the issue that he drew. Okay. Okay. Nice. Well, he doesn't have a lot of, like, history that makes people nervous, like, all the times that, like, <laughs> all the times, like, um, holy shit, Bob Kane. Mm. I'm so fixated on Bill Finger, I forgot the other guy. Like, a lot of his shit was just traced. I like the fact that we can get to that point now. <laughs> Good. Though. I'm retconning him out. Get out of it, mate. So, all right, here's, here it is, Kai. Bro, you have to talk, you have to say this in, like, an old-timey radio voice because oh, okay. of the error. I'm not going to do it, but, like, oh. edit it so it sounds like that. Put Definitely. a little distortion on it. Make it good. Done. Hey, Turn my hat around and everything. I'll give it a go, but feel free to edit it so it sounds normal if I don't like it. Okay. As night cloaks the city with a mantle of blackness, a dark lift figure can be seen darting through the shadows. His muscles ripple underneath his skin-tight costume as he prowls with the silent threat of... What the fuck? <laughs> you were doing so well. Oh, sorry. Okay, that's not his name. It's a descriptive word. As he prowls through the silent thread of a great... No, no, that's still not right. You know what? I'm going to skip that sentence. Who is this mysterious being? Where did he come from? What is the secret of his origin? The answer is to be found in the pages that follow. So that sentence was... Do, do, do you want me to read the sentence? Yeah, you do it. Do it in like a, a Peggy Carter Oh, you want me? Do you want me to start again? Edit everything out. <laughs> the whole episode. Silent... As he prowls with the silent thread of a great wild cat. That's a weird sentence. No, because like... He's silent like a big cat because you don't see them. You don't see him coming. You can take that as you will. I see you staring blankly. I'm just letting you do whatever it is you're doing. Edit everything out. Okay, start again. (laughs) I'm burning this episode down. This origin tale begins with a nice splash page of Wildcat whooping some mobster ass, as he is one to do. His costume hasn't really changed his entire career, so do you want to talk about that real quick? Uh, it's, it's a black unitard with a bulldog face cat on top. Hmm. That's about it. Not much to it, it's is there? It's not a very, like, I don't know what you're waiting for me to say. Yeah, I just described it perfectly. Yeah. Um, it's in my notes later, but do you remember a few years ago where every store had, like, those onesies that were, like, foot pajamas with an animal yeah. head? Yeah. He's essentially wearing a tight one of those. Yeah. So after this panel, we go a ways back and see a man named Henry Grant. This adult spent his childhood weak and fearful. He would bruise easily and shy away from the world, but his lineage would not suffer the same fate, no sir. He makes this promise to his newborn child, Ted. Henry keeps this promise. The second Ted could attend sporting clubs and any self-defense classes. He was already in there, straight away. The second he could, he was. He was a real Lawrence Croc type of guy, you know what I'm saying? Nope. Sports don't know ma- who that is. Sports master. Nope, don't know who that is. Z-rate villain of DC Comics who is just good at sports. Sport-themed gadgets. I hate him. <laughs> we all do. Okay. All right. Um, so, Ted Grant was good at all the sports he did, but he really excelled at boxing. Yep. He didn't. He didn't want to pursue a career in it, though. He wanted to be a doctor and help people. 
Unfortunately, though, his father passed away. The issue does not mention his mother, nor can I find her name anywhere online. So, as a young man without folks and without the classic comic book orphan fortune that most get, he moves to the big city in hopes of finding a job. Okay. Okay, off he goes. Basic story, got it. Yeah. I like how simple it is, frankly. After a long stretch of job agencies that lead nowhere, Ted is broke, worn out, and tired. So he Spider-Man's it. Hmm. Walking to his place after another futile day of job hunting, he witnesses a hold-up in an alleyway. And without hesitation, Ted marches straight in there and just cracks the one with a gun across the chin and drops his co-thug. Who's the dude that doesn't have the gun but is also a crook? Henchman? But the first guy's a, a henchman, really. They're not villains, they're just like punks. He's an armed henchman. Mm. The lesser thug. <laughs> Second for eight. Mm. So they skedaddle out of there, and while Ted sits down, the victim talks to him. He's like, have you ever boxed before? And Ted recognizes this man as Soccer Smith. <gasps> Why they, can't Soccer they retconned his name to have a different name later, but I didn't write it down. Okay. So we could stick an OG on this one. Soccer, you know, like punching. I, it's sucker punch, Like a yes. rockin' sucking robot. Um, he is the heavyweight champion, okay? And he offers Ted a job as a sparring partner. And just like that, his boxing career ends up happening after all. Um, the problem that I have with this, mm-hmm. is this guy supposed to be the heavyweight champion? He had a gun. And? You can't uppercut a gun. Sure you can. Just look, punch faster than the bullet. Look, Ted was braver, I guess. So, I'm just thinking maybe this man's doing some straight deals. Getting his comeuppance. No. No, he gets fucked over. He's not the comeuppance guy. No. They appear later. Oh. But, but I see where your brain's going with this old-timey run-of-the-mill story. And, you, and you, you're close. Come on. Mm-hmm. So as you can imagine, he, cle- he keeps on climbing the ranks from, you know, like sparring dude to actual contestant what have you. And eventually he will have to face the champion, Soccer Smith. Oh, no. Yeah, he's buddy. Um, and he meets um, Sokka's fiance around this time and admittedly does get the hots for a little bit. Joan Fortune, her name is. Cool name. Well, with a name <laughs> like that. Yep. So, uh, and the fight managers notice the way Ted looked at her and just to drum up some business, tells the sport news broadcasting places that the fight's over a dame. <gasps> and her money bags. Uh, she wasn't that stacked, but they didn't draw. Well, they didn't draw fortune. women like Playboy women yet. I'm just pointing out that tits weren't invented until Vampirella would enter the comic books I'm in 1969. Sure that they were around before that, but okay. Not on. Not on, They were never drawn. Mm. Not a single tit. Not until we landed on the moon in 1969 I'm, were we ready I'm for boobs on comics. I'm glad that there's no single tit, seeing as they usually come as a pair. Back to the podcast. Hey, man, you did this. You made me bring up space. <laughs> um, I'm going to give you some space. So, clearly, shifty things are afoot, you know, with the managers, like, just talking shit on the news and stuff about these people. Um, they're also rigging a lot of fights. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, but that's nothing compared to what shady shit they're going to do later, Kyle. These fight managers. Ding, ding, ding. It's fight night, boys. Ted Grant. Recent up-and-comer joins heavyweight champion... I was going to read this in old-timey voice, too, but that doesn't go well. Okay. So we're just going to... <laughs> All right. Recent up-and-comer joins heavyweight champion Soccer Smith in the ring for the championship. They have five clean and professional rounds, and it's anyone's match. You know, while Ted leans back in his corner, <laughs> as they do, and they're all tired, the little assistant dude fiddles around with his gloves. Mm. You know? 
Never round six starts and it seems normal at first, but um, soccer starts to get slow and ends up knocked out. Oh no! Ted being the winner. Oh yeah. And <laughs> until the refs try to revive Soccer Smith, uh, they have trouble because fucking dead. Oh no! It's been poisoned. Oh no! That's right. The, there's a needle fragment in his jaw, and the rest of the needle is in Ted Grant's glove. Oh no! So the man planted it. Okay, the staff and managers are like, he obviously rigged the fight to get him out of the way so he could have some alone time with his with his fiance. Dang. That's what happened. So, you know, at this point, Grant realizes the managers just set up a little plot line there, how convenient for them. And he gets, he's been framed. Oh, no. All right, but as he gets, like, dragged away, mm-hmm. he's like, I'm going to spill the beans about all the rigged fights and everything. And, you know, as he gets taken away, the five managers are like, fuck, we used way too much poison. They just wanted to drug the guy so they could, Just you knock know, him out. You know, for, like, gambling reasons. Yeah. But, yeah, whoopsie-daisies. No, we've condemned this poor man to prison. Well, fuck that. No, he's going to dob on us for rigging fights and doing, like, shit all the Sh- time. Shady shit. So we're going to have to silence him. Now we have to kill two of the dust fighters. Yep. In a wild example of overkill, these managers, these two guys, Flint and Skinner... Um, oh, of course. <laughs> they don't want to get in trouble for rigging fights you. and that little manslaughter bit as well. So they follow the police car in their own vehicle, and when the moment presents itself, they ram it off a fucking cliff. Of course they do. From the smoking wreckage, a man stirs and stumbles away. Ted Grant survives. The following day, he sees the newspapers. Ted Grant escapes police custody and kills two detectives during his breakout. <laughs> so he's fucked on, correct? Yeah. As he roams the street with, an old, you know, those old-timey cabbie hats pulled low that a lot of, like, comic fans wear now. I forget what they're called. They're the ones that taxi drivers wear on TV. So he's afraid to go back to his place, right? So he's just sort of meandering around. And he comes across this little crying boy. Mm-hmm. Being a classic good guy role model. He asks, he sits down with this kid and he's like, what's wrong? And we, the kid says um, that a big guy, a big bully, took his comic book. And he was just getting to a good part with Green Lantern. How rude. This is, this is back when comic characters appeared in comics. Mm. As comics. Look, it's complicated we're, we're as that back is. around. Yeah. Like, we have biographies and shit. Mm. Um, yeah, so Ted is like, what the hell's a Greenland? Nice. Alright. Um, and hey, kid, tell me your life story. No, the kid's like, oh, I was going to read about a Greenland, and then the bullet took my book. And he's like, I don't even, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? Superheroes have only been around for three years at this point. We're, we're just in the golden act right now. <laughs> so the kid explains that Greenland is a dude who puts on a mysterious costume and fights crime. And Ted's like, whoa, 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 whoa. You're telling me this dude takes justice into his own hands and no one can tell who he is because he's wearing a funny mask. Kid, you're a genius. He gives the kid a dollar for a new comic, which equates to about 20 bucks in today's economic dystopia. Yeah, that kid ate dinner that night. No, no, he was excited. He was going to go get a Flash comic. Aww. <laughs> Cut to that night. Poor Ryan Reynolds, he just can't catch a break. I don't think he was born yet. In the 40s. <laughs> no, I don't think so either, dear. So cut to that night. A man who was with the managers during the night of Soccer Smith's murder is in his kitchen reading the newspaper. You remember like old New York apartments? Predominantly the one in Daredevil because it's another movie with a lot of boxing imagery in it. You know those little like tiny apartments where it's like one room and a bed? He's in a one of studio. Yeah, yeah. He's in like one of those little doohickeys reading a newspaper. When a big barrel chested man in a Black Panther costume silently comes through the open window. And I can say he looks like Black Panther because it was 24 years before that became a different character. Nice. I love his first appearance 
like I like that the, there's a quote in this bit that <laughs> describes him as the weird figure. It's very lovely, flattering. Works. Yeah. That's the point across. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "I'm Wildcat, and I want a fucking confession, dude." And he punches the fuck out of this guy, just beats the piss out of him. <laughs> nice. Afterwards, he parkours his ass across the city and finds Flint and Skinner in their office. He steps through a fucking locked door like Jason Voorhees does in that in that one movie we laughed really hard at. He just walks through it? Yeah, he just smashes his ass through it, doesn't give a shit. Nice. No locks can hold Wildcat. Um, and I learned why he chose to be a big mean cat in this bit. It was just a detail I noticed, so I'm like, oh, I get it, because... Feline characters are predominantly very feminine. Yes. Black cat. Any other examples? Cat woman. Uh, tiger. Oh, yeah. Cheetah. Cheetah. Hmm. So it's, it's a very female, except for Catman and Black Panther. This is, is, yeah, it's a girly. Cats are for girls. That's because they're clean. Yeah. Unlike boys. So. In this bit, he refers to these scumbags as rats. And I was like, oh. Oh, he's the cat taking the rats out. Yeah, he, he's going to eat those rats alive by punching them in their fucking head. <laughs> nice. So, yeah, that's cool. The little light bulb switched on in my head. Like I was like, oh, that's a, that's a little detail I'm probably going to take it with me. So one of these guys, I don't know which is which, gets up to fight the ferocious furry, and he gets knocked the fuck out. And the other one tries to run. Wildcat grabs his ass, ties him up with rope, and secures the rope to a bed and tosses him out the window. Nice. I like how, like, not superhero it is, because he then leans out the window just with a knife. Oh, yeah. And he's like, you better write a goddamn confession, because I'm going to start cutting this rope. Oh, no. It's great. Yeah, he really plays with his rats like a cat would. It's very good. Um... So with the confessions taken in, Ted Grant is proven innocent, and he is qu- but he was quote-unquote hold up. Hold. Yeah, by Wildcat. Well, he, his innocence was proven. Isn't that convenient? Nice. Now, once it's all cleared up and the right people are behind bars, Ted sees all the other crimes in the newspaper and decides that Wildcat's legend is only just beginning. That's nice of him. Yeah, how do you feel about this original origin tale? That's pretty good. Yeah. You got all your points there. I like doing the right thing. I like that he's genuinely a nice guy who was sort of pushed into heroism through necessity. Yeah, like he only put on the disguise because he was a wanted felon. Yeah, yeah, it's much better than some other people's stories. I also like that he's just a dude. We do like people that are because just dudes. because of all the boxing stuff. I do kind of compare it to like the Matt Murdock Daredevil stuff, and I know Daredevil's like the everyman Marvel character, you know, street level. And all that stuff, but he he's powered by radioactive blindness and super echolocation and stuff. Yeah. Whereas Wildcat is just like a dude. He's just a good boxer, dude. No shit, is good. He's the only person I've ever known to get into like the Justice League because he punch face good. Mm. Batman detective can fund most of the shit that they do. Mm. You know, he's yeah. a he's a fighter, but he's got other stuff. Little, Let's be honest, he's, he's got other Tim stuff. Drake. Yeah. Dan Wildcat's just like, I'm just going to uppercut things until I'm amongst the upper echelon of hero society. <laughs> yeah, so I, I do love it. I do love this stuff. His legend really was only just beginning because he appeared in every issue of Sensation for 90 straight months. Oh, that's a long time. Mm-hmm. He outlasted every other character except for Wonder Woman, who was the cover 
every issue as well. Yeah. Yep. And when Ted Grant did leave the title, it wasn't because he was unpopular. It was because Sensation was trying to survive, you know, the end of the golden age of comics by switching to romance. Nah. So it was mostly, you know, Wonder Woman and Steve Trevor digging around doing stuff at this point. I don't think it's hentai, Kyle. That's a different... You like said dicking around. I just took it as page further. Yeah. So after he left, it only lasted nineteen more issues anyway. Yeah. So it, it was. He, on, he it was got on it a, while the goal was good. Well, it's like we're going to do cute romances now, and he's like, "Well, I just mostly scrap with hoodlums, so I'm just going to go." Yeah. <laughs> During this era, and by era I mean like twenty years, he fought along doing his thing, quiet achiever kind of guy. You know, he would occasionally sub in for the JSA when they were. You know, needing an a extra dude. A team we're seeing quite a bit of in films these days. Hmm. Um, it's it's sort of the old folks' homes of heroes, as it carries the Golden Age of Legacy characters like Jake Garrick's The Flash and Alan Scott's Green Lantern. But as we saw in Black Adam, it often features characters like Hawkman and Doctor Fate. The ones coming up. Mm. That's right. Yeah, it's either it's either people coming in or coming out. Yeah, you know, like Stargirls in there and stuff. Um, in the 60s, Wildcat would join as an actual active member of this group, which gave him many a crossover with the Justice League, which, as you know, is the main one. Yeah. So while he was more integrated into titles like this, his lore and history would be tweaked a little. It, it, it said he continued boxing and was an undefeated champion who retired. And then, you know, combat training for the likes of Black Canary, Bruce Wayne, um, both of which go on to be decent scrappers too, of course, as you know. Uh, he also taught Jack Knight, who is the son of Starman, and in some circles, Superman as well. Because super strength can be very much wasted if he doesn't know how to throw a punch correctly or take a punch. Yeah. You know. He, he, he only needs has to, to have some training. He only needs to be around Metallo once to get the shit beat out of him. Yeah. He's powered by Krypton. He's a robot man. Yeah. So, he was always nearby due to his involvement in all the super teams. Not just those two, but Suicide Squad, Infinity Inc., a couple others. Um, which is probably why... He's just a helpful lad. Yeah. He's a good guy to have in your team, I think. Um, but because he featured so heavily in JSA and JLA, he was involved in Crisis on Infinite Earths. A weird time for Ted Grant, as his Earth 1 and Earth 2 versions had to merge together. Mm. Okay. If you listen to our Black Canary episode, you know how hairy things can get in these situations. Yeah, it's Multi-dimensional right. merging stuff. Um, the JSA was often relegated to Earth 2, which is why Power Girl's in there most of the time. Mm. And Earth, and, and that's the version of Wildcat we've been talking about so far, oh. up to this point. Because, you know, they had old Superman with the grey insides and a million other things. Yeah. In Earth 1, which is, you know, where most of your comic books would be, Ted Grant was still a boxing champion and was only briefly a hero who retired from both. Mm. Not much there. Um, so, Earth 2 Ted, the one that we've been covering so far, got his legs, both his legs, shattered by Red Tornado, an oh, android nice. dude who will need his own episode later on just to explain. You know, the spinning around of it. Yeah. You remember how bad he looked in Supergirl? Yeah. Because he was one of the early budget ones. Yeah. So, the result is Ted never being able to walk again. That's a bit mean. Mm-hmm. Luckily for him, the merge of both Ted Grants gives him his old and cool history, but also Earth One's ability to not have fucked up legs. Yay! We love it when weird dimensional merging actually helps the character out. Well, it was tricky because because he's a little character that features everywhere but not much. 
It's hard to nail his cannon down sometimes, mm. you know, and people would probably still be using him anyway, legs or not, because they wouldn't have read that issue. Mm. You know what I mean? It's, it's it's one of those. He's kind of under the radar, but everywhere. Yeah. It's a voice actor that never actually does a face roll. Mm. You recognize their voice in every movie, but it's not until you look them up on IMDb, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah right. But, like the dude that plays Abe Sapien. Mm. But there was another weird thing to happen during this already complicated few months mm-hmm. for Ted Grant. During Wildcat's time out of the game due to his leg injuries, um, we have to take a look at another character. Oh. All right, you ready? Sure, let's go. Yolanda Maria Dorothea Lucia Montes. That's a name. She was created by Roy and Dan Thomas, Don Newton, and Tim Burgard. Oh, Burgard. Hmm. Um, and she first appeared in All-Star Squadron 28... Of December 1983. Okay. Okay, Ted Grant, um, with, in his boxing history, had become close friends with a guy named Mola Montes. All right. they, they were good buds, and Ted would go on to become the godfather to his daughter, Yolanda. Nice. But little did we know, because comics, because comics like to do stuff, her mother was doing some prenatal experiments with a suspicious-sounding man named Dr. Love. Ooh. Do you remember Mr. Bones? No. He's a skeleton in a suit, similar to Amanda Waller, often seen in the D-E-O. Right. The one from Supergirl, but he never appeared in it because they had Martian Manhunter instead for some reason. Yes. You know what I'm talking about if you see. Okay. Turns out Dr. Bones used to be a weird gynecologist, so stay tuned for the episode where I figure out his shit. Mm. Benjamin Love coming up. Okay. Because I need to fucking get to the bottom of what's going on there. Mm. Doing experiments on pre-born babies. But also a skeleton. <laughs> okay, so Yolanda grew up with cat-like reflexes and retractable claws, not like Wolverine, but more akin to Meg from that one episode of Family Guy. But she kept it to herself for most of her life, pursuing a career in rock star journalism, which seemed vague, but I'm assuming she was, like, doing a Rolling Stone kind of job. All right, of course, this was until Ted Grant, the Wildcat, was put out of commission with his leg injury. Oh, yes. Okay, so she... Filled in the role for her godfather as Wildcat 2. So it's a little bit like Montez taking over for question. Montoya. Montoya. Yeah. Yeah, it's a legacy role that she's yeah. taking in. But sort of. There's an asterisk on this it's one. It's Rey Mysterio. It's, it's a weird asterisk is what this one is. Okay. Okay. Have a listen to this. It's weird. It's a weird little tidbit of information. In the first issue she appears in, there's, an, there's like an ad to stay tuned for Infinity Inc., the super team she would be joining, you know, once she once she becomes a, a superhero. Hero. Yeah. But in this little page ad, her suit is gold and her name was Lagaro. Okay. The, which means the claw in Spanish. But then the issue would come out and she was in the classic Wildcat costume that we know and love. Mm-hmm. And Lagaro was never mentioned again, not once. Oh. So, yeah, weird. Whether, whether they changed their mind or wanted her to be... Maybe they changed their mind about how much of a legacy character she was going to be. I don't, I don't know. It's just a weird choice that they... It was clearly a late development choice to make her a Wildcat too. Yeah. That's strange. I wonder what the thought process was. She is basically a lost media character in a weird way. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it triggered the lost media part of my brain because she appears in a commercial on the Cata cycle. Ted Grant admittedly did have, but hers was painted gold to match her outfit. Mm. And just never seen again. 
So it's a little bit like um, Batgirl's theme in 66. Oof. It's played twice and never again. I just, I just, thought, I think we gave up too soon. I'm sure it plays it one more time. It's got to have. Nah. I don't want them to, but I'm sure they did. So eventually she gets killed by Eclipso, but retcons and such make her fate very loose, so don't mourn so much as keep an eye out. Because she has appeared in Earth 2 in the New 52. She was an avatar of the Red briefly. Hmm. Which is like the meat portion. You know how Swamp Thing's the green? Yeah. Yeah. So there's green is plant, red is meat. Uh, the rot is what comes for both. And I think there was one that was the grey for a little while, which you'll like because it's just mushrooms. I like the grey stuff. It's delicious. It's, no, it's just mushrooms. Mushrooms are delicious. <laughs> okay. So this topic has been ever, very educational for me. I didn't know much of this at all. I knew of Wildcat, of course, because he floats in a lot of the circles that I float in. Um, but I didn't know his origin, and I assumed he had no powers and abilities. Mm-hmm. Note how I said we He's were the just only a bang bang boy. When I said we were the only podcast with nine lives, mm. I did not realize how foreshadowing that ended up being. All right, all right. So I assumed he had no powers and abilities. Was not a metahuman. However, he has been influenced by more than mortal mechanics for most of his career. In 1945, Zatara, who is Zatanna's dad and famed sorcerer, was having some sort of cosmic magical battle with a guy named King Inferno. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming something like some Dr. Orpheus shit. More than likely. Yeah. So, my research on this one was hard, but they have a magic battle. Wildcat gets cursed in the crosshairs, more or less, and Zatara manages to fandangle around the rules of his curse. So, Wildcat was supposed to die nine times. Nah. I assume to suffer death nine times because he's a cat. Cats have nine lives. But Zatara fucked around with it and it became more powerful than people realize because he isn't going to have nine deaths. Mm-hmm. He's having nine lives to get to those nine deaths. Oh. So now he's going to... Technically, he has nine, nine times two deaths. Well, he has nine lives that he has to live out to die at the end of them. Yeah. You know what I mean? But... For some reason, it's nine lives per cycle. Okay. No one seems to have a length of, of how long that is specifically, but from what I can tell, if he isn't killed nine times in a single fight, he will recover and land on his feet like a cat. Meh. Um, com- like, completely off my script here, but when I was doing my research, he appears in the Injustice universe in the comics, and there's like a... An evil Batman, but I don't think it's the bad Batman. You know how there's, like, the two versions? But one of them shoots him. Mm-hmm. Which doesn't seem like something either Batman would do. So I'm assuming it's, like, I don't know, fucking Clayface or... Just doing whatever some, we some, want. Some wild cosplayer. But, yeah, he gets shot. And he's, like, beaten horribly and he's, like, on life support in the hospital. <laughs> and, and one of the real Batmans comes and, like, no one's looking. He pulls the plug. Oh. <laughs> so he resets... <laughs> No, because he, he he resets for his nine life thing. Yeah. So he was stuck in a coma, completely, you know, trapped and horrible, can't do anything. So Batman kills him. So he gets back up. He's like, all right, sweet, what are we doing? <laughs> I'm back, baby. That's, that's not great. I, I like that as a, as a fun little little example of his abilities. Um, So that sort of brings us about out of the comic realm and onto the screen. Okay. 
uh, wildcat features in so many tales in uh, and comics and adventures, you know. But he never plays massive parts. Like he doesn't even have a main villain because, like, he pretty early he's on just joined just a team. Yeah. So he's just he's a working class hero, you know, in a sense. Like the main villains he fights are like the main villains because he's just roped into it in the group effort. Yeah. You know what I mean. So, he appears in lots of stuff, and most of the story arcs he features in are things I wouldn't mind taking the time to read, and will likely present them here on this podcast, because I do like JSA a little bit. They're a bit more magical and weird than the yeah, Justice League. Yeah, because it's the people that are coming up, and the people that, like... No, it's because there's Dr. Fate and Dr. Midnight, and... Yeah, like, but they don't they, they do a bit more weird shit. Yeah, the kinda, trilogy. They're a little outcasty. Yeah. Yeah. Or Trinity, sorry. Yeah. Words are not my vocab today. So, yeah. There's so many little things that he appears in, but nothing crazy. Um, I do like that back in JSA times, Power Girl is a very, you know, liberated, proud woman. And he's an old, fuddy-duddy man. So, they fucking do not ever get along. It's very funny. Calls her abroad. She get mad. I don't understand that. I wouldn't mind being called abroad. It's hard to pronounce it's better than being called ma'am. Um, so for now, we're going to jump into castings. Okay. Okay, here we go. There's a, there's quite a few, because like I said, friends with every fucking person. So he's yeah, always around he appears somewhere. a lot. Ted Grant's first time on TV, I believe, was Justice League Unlimited, voiced by Dennis Farina, an older Chicago gent who features in many a TV show, usually as a mob guy. Hmm. You'd know him if you saw him, but you wouldn't place him from anything. He's one of those TV actors. In this timeline, Wildcat was still the boxer who trained the younger league members, but he'd been slowly getting less and less assignments, sort of being naturally phased out into you know, pushing him towards retirement. Yeah. He ain't, he ain't fucking flying with that. So he joins an underground fight tournament and learns a lesson about fighting for the right reasons and what have you. I rewatched it today. It's a good episode. Um, I do like that one. I think that might have been one of the first ones I watched with him. Hmm. It's, it's, I mean, it's the main one he features in. He, he appears, he cameos, because every fucking character does in Justice League Unlimited, but... You know, Black Canary and Green Arrow go to try to get him out of this fight club. Yeah. And they're like, you know, it's dangerous and it's bad and whatever. And he's like, yeah, well, I'm not being fucking... You're a little old boy. Yeah, he's like, well, I'm not being used. I'm just wasting away. Yeah. And he's like, well, I fight because I fight. And then, like, Green Arrow tricks him into, like, killing Green Arrow. And he's like, oh, no, I feel remorse because I beat the shit out of this good guy for no reason. But Green Arrow just, like, roofied himself. And he's like, ah, oh, I hope you learned a valuable lesson. He's like, kind of. That's probably, like, if, if it's the same dude as the origin story. That's not great, man. It was a little bit... He didn't mean to poison that guy the first time. Yeah, but it, it, and what I'm saying is, like, he... He just, he just wants to, like, fight villains. So he's in a villain fight club punching villains for the most part. Because Justice League don't really need him. Nothing wrong with that. Poor guy. Um, you do what you do. It's yeah. fine. The next up is Batman Brave and the Bold, which surprised me. Oh, yeah? Because it made me realize how late one show went for and how long ago Brave and the Bold was. It was a while ago. You'll, you'll see what I mean because I'm trying to do these roughly in some sort of order right now. Oh, yeah. Probably the first version of the character I ever saw was Batman Brave and the Bold. This is the most bulldoggy one. Mm-hmm. You know? He got um, the big jowl. Yeah, I didn't see the Tim Verse stuff until later in life. This tune was actually on while I was watching Saturday Morning Cartoons. So, yeah, it's the jowliest one. Um, he's voiced by Ali Ermi, which is a fucking perfect voice cast. Okay. Do you know who that is? No. You know the, the really screamy, angry drill sergeant 
from Full Metal Jacket? No. That that's a Warface guy. I'm gonna fucking Google it, and I'm mad that you you should know it from the memes, man. He goes, "Show me a Warface," and he screams, you go, "Ah, that's a Warface." Do you know that one? No. Okay, well, he was also the sheriff in the remake of uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which we've covered on this podcast, I'm pretty sure. No. Not helpful. You have met me, right? You do know I I'm, don't watch a lot of, like... That dude. The, I know that dude. The drill sergeant, the mean one. Okay. That yeah, voice, that the one. voice fit this bulldoggy, super old fucking wildcat really well. I like this version. Um, yeah, in his first episode, he helps Batman teach the outsiders the way of, you know, the hero to be good before, before suffering a heart attack during his speech to them. Aww. And then Black Lightning has to defib him with his electric powers because he's an old man. Aww. He appeared, like, several times because that show loved having Batman be a friend with someone. That was the whole point. Yeah. It was based on literally the Brave and the Bold, which was a, a duo thing. I don't know why they're calling the new Sam Gunn movie Brave and the Bold yet. Okay. Because all we know is it's Batman and it'll have a Robin in it. But if it's got that title, it implies he's going to be in some sort of team up, just with a guy. Yeah. Hmm. We'll wait and see. Yeah. No, we don't know Dick yet. It's very, very far away. But. Oh, Grayson. Hmm. Yeah, but he, but he appears in this show several more times. You know, he fights Bane. Um, he actually uses a batarang in that fight. Nice. Yeah. Um, uh, and he does some, he appears anytime like the JSA appears. Um, and he was also in the big Starro two-parter, which I do remember watching. Um, and then after that, right. he, he was in Smallville. I don't think I stopped with Smallville long enough. No, no, he was in like season nine, but I was like, Smallville was still going after Brave and the Bold. Yeah, it went for a long time. Yeah, and yeah, it's crazy to me. And he was played by Roger Haskett in Smallville, but it's only Ted Grant. No Wildcats hit. He was a member of the JSA in the 70s, but was forced into retirement by the government, so he continues boxing. And he had a gym called Wildcat Gym. Nice. Which is very, very similar to the version that appeared in Arrow. J.R. Ramirez plays almost this exact version. Ted Grant, a boxer who owns a wildcat gym who helps troubled youths, teaches them how to box and hopefully turn their lives around and show them some sort of respect sort of thing. Um, but he's also a retired hero here too. So I'm going to guess this was more based on the small little version than the comic one. Yeah. To the point where their fucking gym is the same name and everything. Yeah. It's the same character. Um, he was also- taped that like, the government don't want little old man on their hmm. payroll. This guy was like too young to... Be Wildcat, but everyone on the CW was relatively young. Yeah. But yeah, same same arc as the... It's how you appeal to young women. Mm-hmm. Apparently, I didn't make it this far, but he was injured in the show during like one of those fights in the Glades, which I remember sort of ramping into, but not getting into. I didn't get that far. I remember okay. him bringing up the Glades a lot. Yeah. All right. So apparently he's injured in one of those episodes and then just forgotten about by the series. Aww. The creator had to offhandedly say he survived when asked where he went. Aww. <laughs> Aww. They straight up forgot about him, like um, La- Launch from Dragon Ball. Just, you just, mean lunch? Yeah. Uh, 
Depends on how it's written. <laughs> depends on whether White Claw is in the room or not. Well, it depends on what translation it is. Because, like, I think it's the Japanese version. When they write it with English text, it says launch, but I forget how it works. We'll, we're not doing an episode about that. Okay. <laughs> not right now. All right. Stargirl. Yeah, we didn't watch that one. I've got it in the show. Um, being a JSA alumni character, of course it would feature Wildcat. And not just fucking Ted Grant, we're doing an actual live-action Wildcat played by Brian Stapf. Okay. Okay, this version was pretty accurate to a point, but now his costume was a bit more of a subtle exosuit, okay? I mean, yeah. Um, you, can, you can only do the morph suit for so long. Yeah. I mean, it's still the identical suit. It just justifies him getting, you know, impacts he's, he's and stuff. He's got some padding. Yes, he's a little more padded. And I think it has claws. But I think he only appears in flashbacks, obviously. I I think I do have to watch that one. I hear good things. It doesn't go too long. It doesn't have to stay. It's welcome. And it's JSA as fuck. And I do love the Stargirl trade that the basic premise is based on. The um the Jeff Johns version. I just don't which we've covered on we this podcast, I believe. Like, we, we covered it just before it came out. Oh, okay. Perfect. That was why, and then we never sat down and watched the show. It was hard to get a hold of CW shows in our country, and now I have the DVD because um, the DVD industry is dying and you can get them real cheap. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he shows up in the flashbacks, but in the present, check it out, Yolanda comes back in this one. Oh, Isn't that cool? Played by Yvette Monrail, uh, Yolanda inherits the suit and becomes Wildcat 2 once again. That's weird. No, nice. Clearly they're like... Paid attention to shit. Oh, she didn't they stick around long, honestly, so it's cool that they acknowledged that. Yeah. Um, he appears in, like, New Frontier just as Ted Grant. Like, he appears in so much shit. He, I was looking at the list of things he appears in, and do you remember in Teen Titans Go to the Movies when all the super people have, like, glowing pink eyes and are going after the Teen Titans? I forget the reason. Kind of. He's, like, a tiny little... Character in the bottom corner amongst, like, 40 characters. I'm like, well, fuck, man. <laughs> he doesn't have a voice actor. Barely counts. You know? Yeah. So he's, he's in lots of stuff because he's, he's buds with everybody. Yeah. He's a good egg. He's just a dude. Yeah. And with that, you are pretty much crash-coursed on Ted Grant and the rough-and-tumble hero that is Wildcat. Nice. I think he's great, and I hope I come across him more in my comic issues going forward. Yeah, he's a, a, a fun character to utilize. You don't have to do a great deal with him. He just has to be there and kind of be old. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So, do you have any final thoughts? Um, he's he's a fun guy, and like it's, I don't know, it's weird because I don't want them to use him a lot, but I like when he's around because mm. it's just a nice character. Yeah. Maybe we should bring back old like radio dramas. Because yeah. he would be good for that. Um, alright. Is you ready for homework? Sure. I've titled this one Guilty Pleasure Get-Ups. Okay. Okay. So, we have mentioned it already many a time, but Wildcat looks like a dog most of the time. He has a silly costume. Yes. Admittedly, it's goofy. This costume is essentially one of those animal onesies, as I said, but because I like the Wildcat is such a stubborn old man, he hasn't updated his costume in, like, 90 years at this point. Yeah. I kind of would hate to see it change. It's too late now. We're committed. You know what I'm saying? It's a dumb costume that I do like, 
because of its legacy. So what are some admittedly silly costumes you love to see? Black Manta is pretty stupid. Mm. It is. It, it doesn't. The helmet's crazy. It doesn't really <laughs> make a lot of sense. No. Um, a lot of my like instinctual answers were like ones that make me come off like a pervert, but I don't have time to like describe legacy and iconography and the fact that like more often than not, training on nude model art makes a book fucking better. Because you look at sick like comic books from 1969 by DC Comics. Yeah, they're still very golden age. They're very blocky, very Jack Kirby esque. Meanwhile, Vampirella looks like Vampirella. Yeah. It, it, you know, it, it's one of those things. And when they changed Power Girl's costume in the New 52, it's like, it's it's a funny trivia fact that her costume is the way it is. Yeah. And it's weird. Well, it's the same it's issue we have with Stargirl. It. Yeah. Uh, not Stargirl. Um, mm-hmm. Starfire. Starfire. She got some objectified stuff. It was like the reverse. She can have long sleeves. I don't mind them. But um, I don't know what it is about like Dead Man's is pretty stupid too. I no no. I like when it's meat. Mm. You know, it's it's always a red bodysuit, but when they start to shade it in like flesh, I think that's kind of like fucking sick. Yeah, but But he's a little skeleton wearing a onesie. It's pretty stupid. Yeah, it is fun. Um, I was thinking about costume changes for some reason. It's not even part of my homework criteria, but like I was thinking about the red. Uh, Nightwing costume mm-hmm. because everyone hated that. I, I understand why. Because the only other red Nightwing suit to ever happen was Batman and Robin's Which is a Chris great, O'Donnell Nightwing great suit. Great movie, oh. great Robin. But the only reason, I think the only reason <laughs> that he looks like that is because he's like in a weird middle point because he's not Nightwing yet, he's still Robin, but it's yeah. a Nightwing esque shape, but it's still Robin's red colour and yeah. it's still got a cape on. Yeah. Which Nightwing doesn't fucking have ever. Because one of his greatest assets is his ass. And covering it up with a cape is a disservice to the female community. Uh, no, no, no um, we, we don't have a cape because um, it would get stuck during his um, aerobatic assault. Check it out, counterpoint. Batman has a cape. And, and also Robin had a cape. A Batman has a disposable income. To spend on capes. To spend on capes. Okay. You know right now in current continuity, Dick Grayson has way more fucking money than Bruce Wayne, right? And you're just going to... Yeah, because of Alfred. Yeah. Because Alfred loves him. Yeah, and they keep retconning Bruce Wayne's money away because they want him to be relatable. No, you want a good role model to inspire people to use their money for good. Yeah. Instead of being like, no, no, good good people don't have money. It's it's only because we're all broke. It feels like a fucked up life, living. Yeah. Um, Yeah, there's a lot of goofy costumes, but... You know that You need a little bit of goof in your costume. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. It's fine. It, you know, more often than not, they're iconic as shit. Yeah. That stupid-ass guy got in a Green Lantern suit. You know, he's got, like, a a vest? Yeah. What the fuck? But it's weird as shit to see Guy Gardner not in it unless he's in a Red Lantern suit, growing a mustache, looking good. (laughs) Yeah. Lots of silly costumes, but I love seeing them, especially in live-action movies. Yeah. How exciting is it when we stop doing black leotard X-Men's and start doing Aquaman in the stupid green and gold? Isn't it the best? <laughs> yeah. I don't know if they're going to have the gall to show us a funny-looking wildcat on an actual film. <laughs> I don't think we're... I think we're a long ways off. Yeah. They keep dicking around with Mr. Mind in my Shazam movies. 
If they won't do the fun caterpillar, they are going to do what? <laughs> I don't know. We've got, we got um, Adam and stuff. Yeah. Captain Adam would be cool to see. How chrome do you want him to be? He could be shiny. On a grand, on a grand scheme of, like, chrome to, to silver, is he built out... Is he made out of mirrors? Or is he just, like, a fork? No, he's just been dipped. <laughs> just plasty dip him. Mm. He'll be fine. Well, there you go. This is our episode about Wildcat. I think he's good. The only man... Nine out of nine lives. The only man to get into, like, every DC Comics team just by punch good. (laughs) What a champion. Something to aspire to. Yeah. So, on that note, remember to rate, review, subscribe. I've been joined by producer Kyle. Ciao. My name is Toby DePaula. Punch your troubles away. (laughs) If you see an obstacle, hit it. (laughs) Class dismissed.